Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Shaletta had to exit early. She has a, a commitment uh, so she is on the road a little bit early today. Steve Thompson, uh, final 30 minutes of the Shaletta show today. And don't fret Tech Talk with Doug coming up following the news at 2 o'clock. Jonathan Lowe is our producer extraordinaire, worked together uh, and worked with Jonathan for a long, long time. And, and there's always a comfort when I know that Jonathan is in studio uh, taking care of everything behind the scenes so always and we're going to talk plenty of college football uh pac 12 title game last night big 12 title game underway we got the big 10 we got the college football playoff we'll get into all of that and stuff later on bethel still alive in the d3 football playoffs uh, they're down at mary Harden baylor in texas and they're playing well Tied at 14 in the third. Mary Harden Baylor, one of the new perennial powers in Division Three college football, along with North Central of Illinois and Mount Union. And we'll run down those scores, and we'll get a full game report on Bethel in the D3 quarterfinals coming up later today as well. Right now, we're pleased to be joined by Professor Larry Jacobs from the University of Minnesota. And Larry, it's been a while. I hope you're doing well. Doing very well. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Larry joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Well, it's been about a month since the election, the midterms. A bit of a surprise. There was a thought that the GOP would take control of uh, the United States Senate and the House. Uh, The Democrats maintain control. There's still a runoff to go in Georgia. Warnock against Walker down there. Final weekend of voting in that one. We'll touch on that race in just a little bit. Uh, The Republicans gained a slight majority in the U.S. House. uh, But actually, it it turned out much better uh, for the Democrats than anyone expected. Larry, what are your thoughts now about a month after the election and, and you've had a chance to digest what happened yeah was the the house was the u.s house was a, a a big surprise we had been expecting you know maybe 30 or so republican pickups um and it looks like it's more around eight or so um so that that's a a bit of a setback and i know there's a lot of frustration among republicans in uh, washington about that narrow margin because what it means is it only takes a handful of Republicans who don't like where the leadership's going to put everything into chaos. So I think this is going to be kind of Joe Manchin territory, meaning that you're going to have a few people who are going to hold stuff up. Um, and again, this is not what was expected by Republicans. Um, I think the biggest surprise 
for me was what happened in Minnesota. Uh, Governor Waltz won by seven and a half points. The last poll show him up by seven. Not a big surprise there, but a lot of folks in the Republican Party and their supporters who have given money to them thought they would win one or both of the legislative chambers in Minnesota. That didn't happen. DFL won both and uh, now have complete control of the legislature and the governor's office heading into 2023. And what what happened there? Was it candidates? Because there's been a lot of analysis over the past month that uh, the, the GOP in parts of the country and maybe here in the state of Minnesota ran candidates that were too far out on the edge and and voters weren't willing to go there. Well, I do think it's, I mean, to say it's a candidate issue is true, I think. Uh, Mitch McConnell was one of the big voices saying that. But I think the issue is deeper, and it's the nomination process. And the nomination process are, are driven by those who are most active and ideological in the Democratic Party and especially the Republican Party. And so, you know, the Jensen-Burke uh, ticket for governor on the Republican side was just too conservative. They came out in September was still talking about you know, really strict abortion bans. Um, and that was clearly a big misstep, and they know, I don't think they ever recovered. One of the other things they, they brought up, they, they did billboards to this effect. And maybe it was a turn-on or a turn-off, but it, it really raised eyebrows to me that uh, they, they talked about how they were going to impact the price of gasoline in billboards. And I, I just not sure what a governor or a lieutenant governor can do about the price gasoline. And it just struck me as something that, you know, maybe for someone on the fence would look at that and can't come to the same conclusion that I did and say, I'm not sure a governor or a lieutenant governor can do a darn thing about the price of fuel. Yeah, that, that could be. I, I The thing that really struck me as I went through the exit polls is that abortion had lost its prominence after the Supreme Court decision in June. It was no longer the number one issue. But for people who cared about abortion, it was extraordinarily important. And so you had this tremendous, you know, plus 50 point advantage for Republicans among the, the, you know, 80 percent or so who said this was an important issue to them. And that that I think galvanized some of the, the independent swing voters here in Minnesota. Um, the Democrats obviously capitalized on that. It was it was hard to watch TV and not um, get see one of their ads. And it turned out that worked pretty well. Um, and Joe Biden was unpopular. Inflation was high. But I think some of these other issues uh, came in and, and kind of dominated uh, the thinking of a good number of people, plus the turnout. It wasn't as high as the record 2018, but it was really high. Um, and it's clear that there are a lot of voters, including young voters, who are keyed in and see our elections as very important. And it, it does show, particularly here in the state of Minnesota, and this is true around the country, that there is still a, a deep political divide. And now Governor Walls, Lieutenant Governor Flanagan, and Democrat control of the Senate and the House, they, they they have to keep that in mind as they move forward that, you know, going through with, uh, you know, and just saying, hey, we're in charge right now and we're going to do exactly what we want, 
may harm them two years down the road or four years down the road. So they have to tread lightly, I would assume. Yeah, we'll see about that. Okay. I, you know, going, if you go back to the last time when the DFL controlled everything in the Capitol, uh, which was 2013 and 14, there were so many high expectations among Democrats and particularly progressives that they ended up tripping over each other and didn't get as much done. And, you know, you could start to see the outlines of that. There are a lot of spending requests, a lot of laws people want to change. Um, and, you know, I think it could be, you know, uh, unnerving to a lot of voters when they start to see this really large, supersized agenda that the Democrats are going to be pursuing. And by the way, this is going to be right off the bat. This is not going to be, you know, waiting until June. Um, the Democrats are talking about moving this train of legislation from the start in you know, January 3rd. It's going to be just um, a, a real um, uh, cattle call in terms of moving bills, moving spending, and I think people will be struck by that. Quick break. We'll come back with uh, Professor Larry Jacobs from the University of Minnesota. One of the other things we want to get into is uh, the, the continued questioning of election integrity around the country. Uh, ground zero is Arizona again. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on that. Uh, there continues to be uh, unfounded claims of election fraud all over the country and malfeasance. And then, of course, a big runoff in Georgia in uh, the final days. Uh, Once again, Warnock against Walker. They're very close, and and we'll get uh, Larry's thoughts on that in a moment. Here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Election integrity continues to be uh, a reoccurring theme around the country. Professor Larry Jacobs joins us from the University of Minnesota on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Here in Minnesota, um, haven't heard a lot about uh, people questioning the integrity of the election here. I'm sure there are some, but uh, in general, uh, this is something you've studied for a long time, seemed to be a clean election here. I was pleased. I think it was a clean election. I have not heard uh, too much from folks complaining about, um, you know, this groundless charge of fraud. Um, And frankly, around the country, the candidates who ran on uh, election fraud and denying the outcome of the 2020 presidential election lost in all the kind of swing states. And that was a concern because the fear was that if you had an election denier um, at the helm, a secretary of state, come the 2024 presidential election, it could cause some real, um, you know, controversy. The courts would eventually override anything that was uh, illegally done, but it would create confusion and it'd be terrible. All those candidates have lost. Um, we have a situation in Arizona where the defeated um, Republican gubernatorial candidate, Carrie Lake, is continuing to charge that um, that, that the, there was election fraud. But we're not seeing other Republicans supporting that position. And the process is moving forward. Um, and it looks like those results will be certified in the coming week or so. Yeah, I, I saw a story uh, from one of the wire services, Reuters to be exact, talked about a county down there that's holding things up and there continues to be this rhetoric former president trump uh continues to say that supporters of him continue to go back to 2020 
even though this has been looked at over and over, there have been multiple court cases. Uh, it, Larry, is this just now noise, or, or is this damaging, in your opinion, this continued rhetoric continuing to question the integrity of elections? Well, I think it's damaging in two ways. First, we see that confidence in our election system has been dented, and the exit polls show you know, somewhere around 70% or more of voters uh, reporting that they, their confidence is not high in our election outcome. Um, though I will quickly add, we also see that there's um, 70% who do trust the elections in their state. And I think that's important. Um, but it's also been damaging in the second sense to the Republican Party. And I think part of the backlash against Donald Trump among uh, of Republican officials and leaders is that they think this uh, election denying is turning off swing voters, independent voters. That they should have done, they should have won a bunch of seats, um, uh, and this election denying may have contributed to that. So, and, and, and in addition, you know, there's just the cold calculation of votes. Uh, I'm seeing more and more Republicans coming forward and saying, "Yeah, we need to be supporting mail-in ballots because in the past, before Donald Trump, this is one of the ways we got a lot of votes, uh, particularly from seniors who may not be turning out." If the weather's not right or something else comes up. So I do think, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think we're, we're moving out of this phase of election denying. It's, it's just not good politics, and it's damaging to the country. One, one final thought on Arizona, particularly Maricopa County. A lot of Minnesotans wintered down there, spent time down there. Uh, that That's Phoenix. That's the Valley of the Sun. And it, it took forever to, to get results out of Maricopa County. Is that something that contributes that something needs to be done where, you know, may, maybe it doesn't happen the night of the election, but within a reasonable period of time that, that results are tabulated? So we've got tension here. We've got, on the one hand, the expectation of results in a, you know, expedited manner because we're all eager to see them. On the other hand, this is one of those you cannot make a mistake situations. And so there's great care now add into it that the number of mail-in ballots is very, very high. And those ballots uh, need to be counted very carefully. They need to be tracked carefully to make sure only the eligible ballots are being counted and they're being counted accurately. So I, I think, you know, could they do it faster? Maybe, but I think taking good care and not having mistakes that's a higher priority, and we just have to be a little patient. Uh, we have uh, only about a minute or so, Larry. Always good to visit with you. Georgia, a runoff down there. Warnock against Walker. Democrats already have control of the Senate. Uh, a very, very close race. It is, and I would just note that the Republican gubern- gubernatorial candidate, who's the incumbent, Kemp, he won decidedly. Uh, and he was up against um, Abrams. This was expected to be a close race. It wasn't. Kemp won by a long shot. And so the frustration among a lot of Republicans is how could the Republicans put, put up such a weak candidate as Herschel Walker? They should have won this race, you know, in line with what Kemp did. Instead, they're in a, a you know, very close race. Polls show the Democratic incumbent, Reverend Warnock, up by, you know, a few points. Um, 
no one's calling this race uh, for sure. Um, but I do think there's a lot of frustration among Republicans about uh, how Herschel Walker got the nomination. And, you know, to be honest, Donald Trump had a big part in it and the primary process. Well, Larry, always good to visit with you. Thanks so much for the time. Great to be with you. Take care. Professor Larry Jacobs from the University of Minnesota joining us. Stephen Forshaletta. All the news, all the weather coming up at 2 o'clock. And then Tech Talk, Doug is in. We'll take your calls and texts. If you're having computer problems, Doug's the man. We'll get to that in a moment here on CCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.